CLNS Media, powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to CLNSmedia.com slash roll. Use our promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your first deposit. Mars, our lead in. You are listening to Celtics Post Game Live on the CLNS Media Network. I am your host, Joe Show, and soon to be joining me live on the broadcast is the one and only Snotty McDrippin, breaking down your Boston Celtics win tonight in Utah, 114-103 over the Utah Jazz, which was by far probably one of the most entertaining NBA basketball games. Uh, the Celtics have been a part of so far this season and just yet another dominating performance by none other than the young buck number zero, but number one in your hearts, Jason Tatum um, all around great game by the Celtics. Uh, Snotty and I will break it down for you as we continue on through the broadcast. Um, I'm going to try to bring in as many different uh, callers tonight as we possibly can kind of get your gut visceral reaction of the game you just watched again Celtics win and going away 114-103 from a, a, a scrappy Utah Jazz team but tonight it just proved that the Celtics had a little bit more in the tank um, than the Jazz had and demonstrated it throughout the game I mean there were a couple of lulls here and there a uh, couple of quick lead changes but overall Celtics finished this road trip folks three and one and that's a good thing uh, four of the next five are at home, so a little home cooking for the Boston Celtics on the back half of this road trip. And uh, I'm going to go right to my call screen. I haven't, you know, checked anybody's numbers yet. I'm not really 100% sure which one's snotty, but I do know a particular area code in particular being 941. Um, I got to call out and say, what would you think of the game tonight? Well, 619 is snotty dripping, so you can bring him in whenever you want to, but Jason Tatum is the truth. I, I don't like to give uh, any any credit or uh, whatever to LeBron James, but he said after the uh, the Laker game uh, that Jason Tatum was a problem. So I think the problem, if Paul Pierce was the truth, Jason Tatum is the problem because he's a problem for everybody in the NBA moving forward. This is the second show in a row where I've called in, and there's just nothing else to say. But Jason Tatum has come in, and he's just just bound for greatness. He's already great. I think we all saw it. We all saw the potential. I think he struggled a little bit earlier in the season to kind of get that consistency going, but there's nothing inconsistent about the way he's been ripping teams and shredding teams for the past I don't know, a couple of weeks, the past, I don't know how many stretch of games. I mean, how many how many 30-point games in a row is this? The uh, three is consecutive, but he's also, you know, to your point, Nick, I think you can look back to when the season began, and you could say that, you know, when you took a look at Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, that Jalen Brown was progressing at a far rapid, more rapid pace than Tatum was to start the season. However, right around the end of December, right around the turn of the new year, so over the course of the last three, four weeks, Tatum has just gone to Brown's level and above Brown's progression so far. And, you know, the key is consistency. He's got to sustain this. You know, if this once you tease the fan base with the greatness that you're seeing out of him right now and just the change of his game, there was a stat that came up during the game. And, you know, I want I want Snotty to comment on this, too. I brought you in live, Snotty, so you could. But one of the stats that stood out to me during the game is Scal brought up this, this stat where it showed – Tatum uh, throughout the different months of the season average, you know, slowly 
creeping his mid-range percentage of shots down and down and down. He was at 15 to start the season. Uh, it kind of dropped a little bit to like 14, then down to 12. For the month of February, Jason Tatum's percentage of shots from the mid-range, which was kind of a detraction by a lot of us talking about his game, has dropped to 3.3% of his shots. He is behind the arc or he is driving to the cup. So, Snotty, what have you seen over the last couple of weeks to kind of show you that, you know, to Nick's point, Jason Tatum is now the problem. I'd like to, you know, to take a positive spin on that, Nick, and call him the solution if Pierce is the truth. <laughs> so, both of those nicknames are terrible. Um, and we, we got to figure out something really cool for Jason Tatum because he's awesome. Uh, so, if you watch early in the season, I feel like Jason Tatum was cautiously exploring the limits of his powers. I don't know if you remember those time he had, like he was blowing all the layups, then he was missing floaters, and like he was just trying to just. And I, I think I even tweeted this like he needs to figure out where his spots on the floor are and 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 figure out his go to moves because he was just kind of doing stuff. And it turns out, you know, it seemed like that was part of the overall plan because now we can see he's honing in on what he can do well, which is shoot threes and get to the rim. He's making layups, um, and, and this this that kind of progression from a young player during the season almost never happens. And so we gotta give a lot of credit to the Celtics coaching staff. Um, I don't know if you guys listen to any other podcasts, but I listened to the, the Locked On Celtics podcast, and, and he's uh, they brought up an anecdote about how in the off season his trainer actually was like he sat down with the Celtics and they said, well, how, "What can we do to make you know going forward?" And one of the things the Celtics obviously said that Danny Ainge and, and Brad Stevens were saying was, "We got to get him cut out the mid range, you know, and we got we got to clean up that shot profile." And obviously he took it to heart. We've heard the things he said in the summertime where he knows, oh yeah, I realized I wanted to, you know, I needed more threes and get to the rim. And like he is, he is such an apt student that he everything's working right now. It's it's insane. I've never seen a guy go from where he was to begin the season, which was still really good, right? He wasn't shooting well, but he was still an impactful player. And we'd, right. we'd celebrate when he scored twenty two. He scored twenty two points, and we're like, "Oh, this is great!" You know, he had a good game, twenty four points. And now he is just like. In the once he heard he was an all star, it seems like like he just he realized like I'm that guy, and he's playing like that guy. And you know the Jazz are tough. We know that the Jazz they hang their head on defense. They've been really good on offense lately, um, like surprisingly good. You know Rudy Gobert is a, a you know challenger or defense player of the game of the year. The Celtics just ran circles around him. And I think both of you guys will agree with this one. Uh, not just for Tatum, for the rest of the team. A team like the Jazz gave them fits last year because the Jazz knew who they were and were very disciplined, right. and the Celtics would unravel. So when they came back and they kind of got this game back into it, last year that was danger zone for the Celtics. And this year, you, like, they just kept playing their game, and they believe, like, hey, they sit Tatum down, Jalen goes off, you know, hits a couple threes and, and gets, gets going. Smart goes off. This is what I love about this team, and it all starts right now with Jason Tatum, which is incredible to say. At 21 years old, he is the linchpin of one of the best teams in the NBA. Now, so what you said about, you know, consistency, let's, he's not going to continue shooting 50% from three. No. And uh, on 10 attempts tonight, he's going to come back down to earth a bit, and we can't be disappointed because, like, this is an incredible run he's on. We, we should enjoy it. We should want it to keep on. You can't be disappointed if he drops down. He's averaging 24, 25, and he's going to have a bad game eventually again, and, you know, it's going to happen. So, But this is um, – my hopes for him were going to be, all right, he's going to be a, you know, prototypical big wing who can score a little bit. Um, you know, he's not he, – Paul Pierce, that's a Hall of Famer. You know, so I thought, ah, hopefully he can approach that. Looking at him now, and it sounds hyperbolic, and I know it sounds homerism, if he keeps up playing like this, or, you know, and the, on the arc, the development arc that he's on, he's going, to, he's going to be a top, you know, one of those guys who's like, oh, every year, MVP conversation. You know what I mean? Right. So it's, it's incredible no, I, to watch. Snotty, I totally agree with you in regards to, you know, his potential and what he's doing and also the realistic approach that, you know, it's not a sustainable pace right now, but man, is it fun to watch? And you're right. One of the things about this team that I find really energetic is that even now that you're, you've just completed your fourth game without Kemba, everybody seems to be 
clicking. I don't know if it's addition through subtraction by injuries or stepping up, but one of the the detractions I had from Jason Tatum's game early in the season and even last season to a, to a degree as well is not so much the inconsistency, but the lack of a killer instinct. And I think that that's one of the big changes that we've seen in the last couple of weeks and the way he's playing this game, you know, by taking that mid range percentage of his shots way down that, that really gives you a two, a two headed approach. And then he can always fall back to that mid range as a third option. And by doing that, it seems to have changed his mentality on the court. It's, it's, it's almost as though he's got, you know, that killer instinct going play after play after play where, you know, last season and even earlier this season, it was more sporadic. It was one game, three games off, one game on, two games off, one game on, four games off. You know what I mean? It wasn't consistent. It wasn't a, there wasn't a vibe to it. Right now, he is, he's locked in. And, you know, other players will feed off of that. You see, you see that with, like you said, at different points tonight, whether Jason was on the court or off the court, Smart stepped up, Brown stepped up, Tice had himself a fine little night with 25 minutes, 16 points, and six for nine from the field. I mean, it was a fun game overall to watch. I mean, there were a couple of points where I was wondering if Gordon was playing for the other team, but then he kind of snapped back. And when you look at the stats for the night, he still had 12 points. I mean, he just, he was ice cold from the field um, and one for three from behind the arc. But, you know, they were, everybody seemed to have their moment where they kind of excelled, whether it was a pass, whether it was a feed. Um, you know, there, I made a comment on Twitter right near the end of the game. There was a, a, a play that they ended up cutting the break. Uh, Cantor finished it off on a missed uh, Wanamaker layup, but it wasn't necessarily Wanamaker charging the lane that caught my eye. It was a behind the back pass to Wanamaker that Tatum made when he had two guys approaching him from yeah. the top of the key. That was, to yeah. me, the key of the play. Then Wanamaker goes in, busts through the lane, throws up a, a, a layup that, that bounces out, and then Cantor finishes. They call a timeout and go to break. And as they're going to break, even Scal's talking about, you know, Cantor finishing at the cup. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. But it was that pass. You know, Tatum is on a different level right now. And I don't know if it's with Kemba out, he's elevating his game the way you'd want your, you know, your emerging star to kind of elevate their game when they're down a weapon. But it seems like it's, it's a consistent approach. At least it was a consistent approach for the starting five tonight. So my thing with, uh, you, you nailed everything right now. Uh, it's. I'm locked in like Tatum. What can I tell you? I mean, it's so what, another key thing that I think people are underrating is that over the last few months of last few weeks, Kemba Walker has been stepping back. And I know he's been dealing with knee soreness, but he's perfectly right. fine scoring 16, scoring 18, scoring 14. And if you watch him scoring average, and, and no, I'm pretty sure now maybe Tatum's the leading scorer for the Celtics, they flip-flop, right? Start off, Kemba yeah. was averaging 24 a game. He was, he, was, he was averaging Kyrie numbers to start the season, 24, 25 a game, highly efficient. He was great. Um, and sure, he had, he had rough shooting nights or whatever, but yeah, he's slowly dialing back his usage, just playing his position. You can see Kemba like really kind of relishing the fact that I don't have to do it all anymore, you know? Right. Um, it'll be interesting when he, it'll be interesting when he gets back, how he's going to meld with, you know, the new, the new look, uh, Jason Tatum, right? Cause we know Kemba is first and foremost a score. He's not a pure point guard, like with, with, with a, a quote unquote pure point guard. So. It'll be really. Cu- I'm really curious to see how he uh, integrates himself back into the offense. I don't think it's gonna be a problem at all. You know, I, obviously, I think Kemba's that kind of player and has that kind of mentality where it's, you know, hey, I'm I'm here to win. I'm he- I'm here to go deep in the playoffs and whatever. And this guy's cooking. It'd be I'd be foolish to come in here and try to steal the shine. You know, so no, and I I'm really I can't uh, agree with that e- anymore because for the simple reason that when you know we all have a bad taste in our mouth when we look at how the team progressed in and performed last year. You had a similar point guard in makeup, a score first point guard, even last year. But the difference between Kemba and that previous point guard who remains nameless whenever I'm on the air um, is that I think Kemba's mature enough to understand you stick with the hot hand until the hand isn't hot anymore. And then if you have to elevate your game and you need to be Kemba in the fourth, you can be that killer instinct in the fourth. But you know, I, I just think that his game is a little bit more progressed in regards to maturity and understanding the other players on the you know the court. So, yeah, is he a score first point guard? Yes. But I also think that he's also a slightly more mature point guard than you've had in the previous, you know, couple of years here that that 
tends to get that a little bit more. And it's not about just getting mine. It's, it's about, to your point, winning and going after that ring and going after that championship. That's what I think he brings from a, from another dimensional level than what you had before. Yeah. Cam has made a point of saying, Hey man, this is Jason and, and uh, Jalen's team. He's like, I'm, I'm here to help. I'm here to, to do what I can do. And I know what I can do. I can be, you know, I can make both score, but he's like, he came out and said it. I'm, I'm just here to help us win. And, you know, watching these guys grow has been amazing. Like he, he loves it. And it's, it's man. So, and it's fun to watch the rest of the league catch up to the Jason Tatum hype team train, because before right. we, as, as, as I was a Celtics fan and, and it was a lot, a lot of my, my fandom of Jason Tatum was based on potential, right? We, like you said, he'd have a game or two last season. Yep. Obviously he had a, he had a, he had a case of Kobeitis, and we, you know, we saw it. it. It wasn't, yeah, whatever. Last season's over. Um, so yes. And again, speaking back to what you were saying about the other point guard, maybe that's why we didn't see it consistently last year. And, and team, guys have said it. They didn't really – guys didn't know their roles. They didn't know how, when they were supposed to shoot, how much they were supposed to shoot, because there was one guy at the top of the pecking order, and they were supposed to just kind of get crumbs where they could, right? Um, right. Planet Circle of Sun. So, and this is obviously – hey, this hey, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are front and center this year. They know it. They know they can make mistakes, and they don't have to look over – and, uh, you know, Jalen won't get pulled if he has a couple turnovers and sit for the rest of the quarter, half because that's just right. that's not who he is. Tatum knows his game's that I'm progressed. the future. That's not his setup anymore. Hey, that's it. You know, Tatum knows if I, may, if I miss a defensive rotation, I'm not going to get yelled at by Brad Stevens because I'm expected to do so much on offense that, you know, I get a little more latitude. And I've, I've actually earned his respect. So, um, yeah, man, it's – I think looking back in the summertime – probably everyone's expectations of this team. You know, I think Boston spent the summer kind of licking their wounds and, and, you know, being a little bummed out, the jilted team, two guys just left, you know, two, the two top guys left. So to go from that to where we are now is such a striking difference. It makes it that much sweeter, you know, to think that Daniel Tice is basically playing the Al Horford role defensively to a T perfectly while Al Horford himself struggles is just incredible, you know, um, to think that Enos Cantor is a cast off and he's playing valuable spot minutes for a team that's like dominant on both ends is incredible. So, and then again, I'm a big Jalen Brown guy. That's, I call him my large adult son. So I, I love his star turn, but like you said earlier, man, it's incredible how early in the season they were neck and neck and Jalen was a little more consistent and Jalen was, you know, was shooting better percentages. So people were like, Oh, well, wow. Who has the more? Arguably. Yeah, argue no, not higher ceiling, progressing faster. So I, I've never, I've never been on, you know, as much as I've been hard on Tatum over the course of the last, I don't know, season and a half. I've, I've always said to your point, it's about potential, right? So if you think somebody has a higher ceiling and they're not, they're not progressing at a rate that would help them accomplish that in a typical NBA progression towards your ceiling, then you get frustrated with, with Jalen Brown ceiling's probably slightly lower than Tatum's let's be honest you know but it is. but Absolutely. he was progressing so much quicker you know what I mean he was he was progressing towards his ceiling at a rate in which he was he was outlapping Tatum and then something switched dude something switched like three weeks ago in Tatum's game and it just really changed his overall I, I mentioned it earlier it changed his overall on-court presence he, he seemed to be kind of not shying away from the big shot, but not necessarily fighting for that extra shot. I always, you know, I criticize the way he outwings his dribbles when he's in the lane and he makes himself extremely vulnerable. It's as if now he's using his body more, he's using his hips, he's creating that space or that bump. So that way he's not as vulnerable with that, that wider dribble. It's, there's something about his game right now. And, you know, I don't want to get too hyped on it because like you said, he, he's going to fall off. I mean, he's currently averaging just under, I think 24 points a game right now. It's like 20, 23, nine or 23, eight. Um, he's going to, you know, 33 points is not sustainable back to back to back to back to back. But if you keep seeing these other portions of his game, these other, these other idiosyncrasies kind of coming into, into the fold where you see the game rounding for him even better from a fan's perspective. You can't ask for anything more. And from a player's development perspective, it's fun to watch. It just is. It's, I mean, 33 tonight, 36, 41, 28, the game. It's, it's like, oh man, it's, 
He's, he's crushing. He's, he's blowing away my wild. Yeah, it, uh, like it, it's not crazy to say that in the East, it's you know in the East, it's Giannis. Um, you know, maybe you won't say Joel Embiid, but like right this very minute, if you say who's who's you know the best, who's playing the best in the East, he's up there. He's he's right there near the top. Like, sure, Giannis is incredible. He's a uh, you know, I think he's playing better than, than 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 Siakam. He's playing better than Jimmy Butler. Like, this is a 21 year old kid, man. This is a 21 year old kid, and 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 I don't want I don't know if I can say the sky's the limit for this this team. I think they're still missing a couple key pieces, very small key, like specific pieces. But without those pieces, I don't think I don't know if they're championship contenders. But who knows if he's playing like like if he's playing 85 90 percent of this in the playoff, who knows that 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 like I think the paradigm just really shifts. If he's gonna like leap into the almost the super like the fringe superstar superstar echelon as the season ends, right? Everything changes. I totally agree. And speaking of superstars, what a great segue to reading about our sponsors since our boss is um, listening in and sent me the copy for tonight's sponsor. I think it's you know it's on us, Snotty, to read it out for him. So as everybody knows, our sponsor is BetOnline.ag um, and. The footballs might be packed away except for the ones that they're using in the XFL and who knows if they're at the proper inflation rate. But anyways, basketball, hockey, golf, and yes, you can even bet on the Academy Awards as you can find all the odds with our exclusive sportsbook partner, Bet Online. They've been in the industry for over 20 years, providing customers with the first to market odds and giving you the ability to bet anytime from anywhere. Head over to betonline.ag and use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and have a little fun with betting action today. Bet online, your online sports book experts at betonline.ag. So naughty, if I was betting tonight's game, I would have probably bet that this thing would have been a little bit closer than what they ended up, what they ended up with for a final tonight. Uh, as we mentioned it off the top of the show, Boston Celtics uh, win going away tonight, 114 103 in Utah over the jazz. Um, Fun game to watch. I mean, you know, we could break down the quarters if we wanted to, Snotty, but at the end of the day, you know, you, you had an, a, a lopsided first, you had a tighter second, you had a going away third, and, and you just extended out on the fourth. I mean, you had a couple of lead changes throughout the game. Um, I thought Utah brought up some good um, some good challenges here and there. Um, I thought that the, the local kid from Boston was at Niang. He had uh, eight points, you know, tonight three for six from the field, two for four from behind the arc. He did okay. Um, five, I think he had five rebounds too. I mean, it was a minus nine plus minus, but you know, again, I don't put a lot of stock yeah. in that. Yeah, man. Um, and I'm, I'm looking at this, at the box score too. The, one of the keys obviously was Bogdanovich, right? I think he's, I want to say he's been there, you know, their second leading scorer and he yeah. just couldn't get on track. The Celtics switching defense did a, did a really good job of not letting him get loose. And I, I, you know, I, I'm watching this as the game plays on, and the, the Jazz are under action, and when Boston just switches everything up top, there's it stalls everything out, and that's why Donovan Mitchell was was brilliant. He scored what 37 tonight. Yeah, uh, he, got he red is. Hot. The to- he's the yeah. to- the toast of of Utah tonight. He 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 was trading shots with Tatum left and right. I mean, I think going into the break, one was uh, Tatum was at what 20 uh, 22, and uh, Mitchell was at like 20. It was they would just tight the whole night. It was beautiful. It was, it was a lot. That's what made the game, I think, really fun, seeing these two recent all-stars, the future of the league, and playing like superstars. And uh, it was yeah. amazing. So, and um, out of the same draft but, in 17. And it's, it's, it's really fascinating to look back at the way we talked about both these players last year, right? Because Tatum was a bit of a disappointment, you know, because the whole season was. Don right. Mitchell kind of took a star a star turn, so it was like, oh wow, you know. Imagine this guy was picked. I think Mitchell was picked with thirteenth thirteenth pick, and he's better than all these other guys in front of him. And it's just it's how quickly things change. And obviously, you know, that's just talk. That's just you know in the moment talk. Right. Well, you can't prognosticate these young guys. You know, the two three years in the league, so whatever. But um, the fact that you know they're both they're this they're both legit. You know, uh, it was fun to see Marcus Smart do Marcus Smart things. His nice his little run. You know what he had, like he had like three threes in a in a yeah. five minute span, just kind of you know that that's that is Marcus Smart and and when Boston needed him he stepped up him and just a yeah really fun game 
Really fun game. Yeah, you got a you got a vintage Marcus Smart tonight. I mean, seventeen points, seven seven for seventeen from the field. Too wasn't super hot, uh, but three for eight from behind the arc. And you know, you're right; they were timely when they happened. Um, he was going after fifty fifty balls left and right, being a disruptor. I thought one of the um, one of the 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 attributes the Celtics had tonight, specifically when talking about how Bogdanovich, you know, couldn't quite get his his mojo going is the second he decided to come into the lane the Celtics had a really good plan of running traffic at him and one of the things I'll I'll say about Bogdanovich is no, no matter how good he is from outside when it comes to the inside game unless he has a clear lane he, he's not really good with body control he's not really good at, at, at shifting his shot last minute and the Celtics kind of figured that out tonight it seemed like they were running bodies at him at the right time to disrupt the flow of the the, the play and to your point, he just couldn't get started. Like I was, I kept watching him play tonight and I'm thinking to myself, if, if he gets on a run, we're all, you know, this is going to be a hell of a lot closer than it's, than it's playing out to be, but he just couldn't get off the snide tonight. Um, another one that I found notable tonight was Mike Conley's game. Uh, I'm still not used to seeing him in a jazz uniform. I really ain't, but you know, Conley had himself a decent little game tonight. And he, you know, again, timely shots it's not his it wasn't his point total I think he, he ended up with 14 or 15 for the night but it was timely okay. shots for Conley and and you know I like watching his game I like playing you know there was that that thought in the summer that maybe Conley comes to Boston so you know I had watched him a ton last year and then watching him this year with Utah it's just it's not the same Mike Conley and I'm glad we didn't end up with him um, I think he is geared mentally to play in the Boston market but I think Kemba's a better fit for this team this year one hundred percent. I like. I just cringed at the thought of this version of Mike Conley playing in Boston, where oh. like when he sits, they play well, and then he comes back in and gums up the works. And like tonight, like he, you know, he blew that key layup. Um, he he missed all four of his two point shots. Um, sure, he hit timely shots, but again, it just seemed he just doesn't look right, man. And another thing is, look, Rudy Gobert is great. I get it. Uh, there's yeah. a reason. You know, he had the sec. He was tied for the second worst plus minus on their team. He just Boston is that one of those teams that he just they can. And I know you're not a big plus minus guy, but I I just saw it like there was no one for him to really guard. Tice did a good job of floating and cutting and moving and keeping him out of the lane, so he couldn't really, uh, you know, he couldn't just get to the rim, protect and get back to Tice. Uh, I mean, you could probably look at this and say, let me see, yeah, yeah, Tice, I played him tonight. I mean, no, yeah. Right out. Tice, I played tonight. Tice, Tice had 16 and seven, uh, shot the ball really well. Uh, well, yeah, he had Rigo Barrett, nine points, nine rebounds, but he was, you know, largely ineffective. Four, you know, four, he went four for four right around the rim. And other than that, he just, you know, he, he didn't stop anyone. So uh, it's someone was, was mentioned this on Twitter and they, they showed a couple clips. Like he just, he seems to be just kind of wandering around in space. He doesn't seem to be moving too well. And again, yeah, tonight he just, you know, let's hope we don't find out something's, something's going on with him. Maybe it's just like the 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 Nixon, the Nixon, uh, the bank being banged up in the regular season. He's probably needs a couple of days off or whatever. But he wasn't very effective. Uh, oh, and another big thing, Joe Ingles. He was a spark plug, and you know, last right. year at times he, yeah, he was great last year at times. Uh, I think he's been more impacted by Mike Conley than maybe we know, because you know, I know, yeah, if you, I don't know if you heard earlier today. You heard today that Mike Conley was going to come off the bench, and Utah came out and like they corrected it, and they said no, Joe Ingles is going to the bench. And, yeah. And uh, you know, he, I, I know you saw this early in the first quarter. He came in the game when Mitchell got those two quick fouls. The ball swung to him, and he had a wide open three, and he pump faked, and he just passed the ball, and they moves on the offense. And, it, and like even the announcers, I, I watched the ESPN feed. They were like, "Oh, Joe Ingles has to shoot that." The crowd wanted him to shoot that, so uh, like. Something's going on with the Jazz. Uh, again, they have a great culture there, a great coach, uh, you know, really, really strong roster, but something seems to be off with the Jazz right now. And, hey, but that's not the Celtics' problem. They took advantage. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take the Jazz on a four-game losing streak any day of the week. Um, as we mentioned earlier, Celtics win tonight big, 114-103 over the Utah Jazz. That puts them solely um, in the three spot in the East. And speaking of standings and where people are falling in the East and rising in the West, let's 
Snotty, take a quick uh, peek ahead. We got a game Saturday against the Houston Rockets coming to the Garden. Um, we ended this road trip, or we, like I play. The Celtics ended this road trip 3-1, and one, uh, so that was a good positive coming off of that. And then now you got four of your next five at home. You got the Rockets, the Nets, Cavs, and Jazz again. What do you think coming up? Um, so the Rockets are really tough. Really yeah. tough. Um, give me the, give me the rundown. Who do you think the chances are we see the former point guard on the third actually show up and play? <laughs> uh, you know what? <laughs> so I almost feel bad. No, I don't almost feel bad. I do feel bad. I feel bad for for him. I I I don't. And don't get me wrong. I'm not like, oh man, poor guy. But like, it's kind of cringeworthy that you you know all the histrionics of last season. Then you go to a new team and they seem to be playing better without you. And then, you know, you have, you played literally 20 games and you're shut down for the year, you know, like it's not, it's almost like if, uh, again, a situation with the X where you see them and they're kind of down and out and you, eh, but you still like, wow, that sucks. You know, right. You're doing really well. I mean, I, situation. it's not that I so, feel bad and I'll tell you why I don't snotty and it, you know, you can tell me to take my tinfoil hat off at any point, but you know, with KD shut down and now Kyrie out and yeah, I, I mentioned the name, you can put me in timeout if you want. Um, it's almost scripted to save up for next year. I mean, call me nuts, but why put the mileage on his legs if he doesn't have to, there's no chance for a championship. You're really banking all your money on what happens this summer and through and into next year. Kind of seems scripted to me. Just me, maybe. Um, it's funny because I kind of thought the same thing too. But I also know that I well, and I don't know. I would assume that uh, that Kyrie is a prideful guy, you know. And obviously, he's in a new situation. He wants to establish himself. You know, I think when you're dealing with these guys who are you know top ten ish, top fifteen ish. They all want to it, – it's, it's ego-driven, and they want to be seen as the stars that they are. So while people know Kyrie, you know, he, I, I almost guarantee he, he reads everything. He hears the rumbles. He hears oh, I'm the, sure he does. The, He's got rabbit ears and thin he, skin. I'm guaranteeing it. He hears the takes of, hey, I'm not saying that the team is better with him, but it's really odd that for the second year in a row, the team, once he goes down, seems to start playing a lot smoother. It's really strange. You know, he hears right. it. This is from, like, you know. So, um that's why I think I don't think I don't know if I believe that one because one obviously he loves the game and I think if he could play he'd be out there and earn his earn his paycheck, but uh, yeah I, I really do think that he wanted to at least get this team into the playoffs, and you know was, hey so hey without even without KD we're a playoff team and you know we established this kind of culture and uh, but obviously it's yeah it just it's a snake bitten season for him too so. But yeah, but Kemba Walker is awesome. So Kemba Walker can sit for four games, and, and Boston can go three and one. <laughs> and, and he's on the sidelines cheering louder than anybody else. You know what I mean? I, I love. Dude, that I got guy, in man. a Twitter <laughs> battle last week with um, a listener to the CLNS Media post game, and we we kind of got back, and we had a bit of a beef going back and forth because he was already thinking about, you know, after this season, can we ship Kemba out because he's an injury liability? And I was like, dude, are you serious right now? I mean. You know, tell me which elite comes back, and he's trying. And he was trying to to pump up Smart and saying that Marcus is ready for that that role. And you know, there's no bigger fan of Marcus Smart than me in his game. Um, that's not his ceiling. When we talk about ceilings, Marcus Smart's not a starting point guard in this league for a contender. He's just Ooh. not. It, it's not his role. Ooh. His role. No, dude. His role is the role he plays, and he plays it so well. Adding him and putting him as in that type of facilitator position where he does, you're, you're basically going to ask him to pull his game back, back to where it was, say, two years ago, where he's just going to facilitate his fourth, fifth option out of five. I, I don't think that that does him any favors other than gives him the nod as a starting PG. So, and this is, no, I, I like this, I like this conversation. So let me ask you this. Is Patrick Beverly a starting point guard or contender? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, are you saying that Patrick Beverly's better? Oh, than I hate when Smart? you do this to me, Snotty. You knew you friggin' knew exactly what the dagger you would be. You walked right in this one, me. baby. You rocked right. So that's my. I get what you're saying, 
because Smart does seem to be uh, he's a great utility man. He's a great guy off the bench and right. he can play power forward. He can play. He can he shut down a two guard. That's fine. But I'm saying on a team, I I, I agree with you that you know obviously it's ridiculous thing about shipping out Kemba and just starting Smart. That's ridiculous. But at the same time, if let's say I don't know if something did happen and Marcus Smart became the starter and now you got Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward all you know making shots, playmaking. Marcus Smart is that glue guy, and and he's he's a you know he turns himself into a three and D point guard. Uh, it's way more than that, but you know that's that's the point is I, yes, there are situations a team like you put him on the Clippers. That team is awesome. Right. He starts. Right. Start that team is incredible. So I'm gonna have. But to, I wonder what what nuances of his game do we lose when he's on the court 36 to 38 minutes a game? You know what new well, do we lose that? That eternal fire, that that eternal hustle. Do we lose some of those fifty fifty balls? I don't that, think all of a sudden you know, he's playing thirty. I don't think he's playing thirty five minutes a game until he starts. I think his his like right now. Think about it. Even with Kemba out, when Kemba does play, he plays about twenty five minutes a game because he's Marcus Smart. Yeah. So even as a starter, yeah. he, he plays twenty five thirty, and uh, you know if somebody else has it going, he sits. But I mean, he's such an impactful player that like yeah, the more you have Marcus him. Smart, the more the better. Yeah, it is. So. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm with you that the whole concept of, hey, let's ship out Kemba and bring in, I don't know who you bring in, so whatever. And then, yeah, that, that's ridiculous. And I do agree that Marcus Smarts, for this team, his best role is, hey, off the bench, start spot starter. I even worry about him a little bit that I wish he could dial it back about 5% because there are games yeah, where he yeah, kind of yeah. – yeah, where I'm like, all right, Marcus, that's that's great. That's fun. But, you know, those, are, those guys are better, you know? So, no, yeah. I, I absolutely do. There's, you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see how the next four or five play out for the Celtics because, you know, you're looking at basically keeping pace with Toronto now. And, you know, you're, you're kind of you're definitely, I mean, it's not even a question. You're definitely within striking distance of the two spot. Um, mm-hmm. Toronto's also on a tear over their last 10. They're eight and two. You're eight and two. They lost their last. You've won two in a row. So you're kind of you're trending up. They're trending flat. Um, next four or five games might flip flop that two and three spot in the East. And then we start. You know, once you make that turn into March, you know, and I know you start you start looking at seedings a little bit more tighter. You start looking at see who's that matchup potentially going to be. Is it going to be Philly? Is it going to be the Pacers? Is it going to be the Heat? You know, the Heat going to continue to fall flat on their face. I mean, they're three and seven in their last 10 lost their last two. Do the heat continue to sink and do they sink far enough that they're your matchup when you get to the playoffs? So I think seedings and, and, and overall playoff matchups are going to start dominating our conversations over the next couple of weeks as the shakes free. And I, and I think when you have the East as bottled up as you do, um, it'll be interesting to see exactly how it plays out. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens to the Sixers. I mean, they, they seem to be the most stagnant of the teams and sitting right around that five spot right now. Do you ever see that, sh- that movie, uh, It Follows? No, no, tell me. Okay. So I haven't either, which is hilarious for me to say that, but the theory, it's, a, it's a horror movie, and it's kind of creepy. And basically um, the concept is like the, the, the villain bad ghost thing follows a guy and then you have to kind of like pass off to somebody else and kind of quote unquote okay. affect them. And then it follows that person. I wonder if Al Horper took the bad blood from last season with him. And it because <laughs> Philly feels a lot like last year's team as far as the Celtics, as far as great expectations and, and, and you know, the sky's the limit uh, in the, in the preseason and in the summer and then once the product got on the floor, you know, it was all right. And it just the, – the the atmosphere on that team just feels really – they all say the right things, right? But even oh, – yeah. I guess they really don't. Well, they don't because even the coach is like, well, oh, we need you to shoot. Man, we need you to shoot. And and uh, your boy uh, Embiid even said, hey, you know, everyone needs to learn how to sacrifice and do things that they might want to do for the team. And, right. you know, uh, Al Horford even said, it, hey, we have some stuff in the locker room. We're going to keep it there. So, like – Obviously, they're a rival, right? So uh, oh, it's fun to root against them, right? It's fun to root against them, but it's almost to the point of, like, I almost feel sympathy because, like, oh, we went through the same thing last year. You know, <laughs> we went through the same thing there, last that. year. And so, uh, think, you know, it's, uh, yeah. I don't think Philly really 
really understood what the loss of Butler was going to be like for them and what that impact was. You know, Butler, we get it. He's bouncing, um, but he's such an impactful player. He's a, he's a scary player. He's a supreme defensive player, and he's a great scorer with the ball. Um, you put those two together, and he's, a, he's, he's an igniter when you need an igniter. You know, Jimmy Butler can play a quiet game and throw up 18, and you wouldn't even know. Or if you need to call on him to drop 30, 32, he can do that. Um, and I think they don't have that this year. It's just they don't have the chemistry mix. You're right. It, it, it is kind of like looking into the, the mirror of last year. It, just reversing the jerseys and, and, you know, do I feel bad for them? No, it's Philly. I'll never feel bad for them. Um, <laughs> but I can tell you that I can relate to them. How about that? Exactly. Yeah. So, and, you know, what's crazy though is, is I remember there were national guys who kind of maligned the Celtics for, you know, how do you list Al Horford walk? And sure. He's in a situation now that is not ideal for him. But he looks it. It looks like age might be catching up to him a little bit, you know. Uh, and B hurt his shoulder tonight, I, from what I understand. So let's, you know, I'm, I'm not at all cheering or wishing for injury, but like, I feel like last summer was definitely one of those turning point franchise for the franchise of Philly, and they made the wrong decision. Yeah, I agree. Because they're locked into some couple bad deals with Tobias Harris and 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 uh, Al Horford, and their two young stars don't seem to really mesh and. Uh, you know, injuries are happening, and this this is their team moving forward. I, 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 it'll be it'll be really fascinating to see their off season. But this is not a Philly broadcast. This is a Celtics broadcast. And the Celtics <laughs> have proven. I think you know. Hey, the opening night loss, notwithstanding, uh, the Celtics have played Philly really tough in all the games they've played, and I, I really feel like fully healthy. It's it's there. If they had to go head to head, I you know I'm I, I bet on the Celtics right now. But again, you know, it might even get that point where because Philly looks like they're kind of they're kind of circling the drain almost, while Boston is on like you said is on the upswing, which is it's it's just such a refreshing team to watch. No, it really is, and I mean there were there were times not gonna lie, you know, coming into the new year, there were times when I was looking at the early third of the season to half of the season and wondering, you know, where the Celtics going to put it together, where they're gonna where they're gonna get their you know. The dom, not the dominance, but you were going to get the, the the performances from the players that you thought you were going to get from them on a consistent basis. And you know, granted, I get it. Kemba's been out the last four, but what we're seeing is, you know, like I said, they're seven and three over the last ten. They're two in a row now in the win column, and they they, they just seem to be putting it together at the right time. Um, I still think that they need to figure out the Rubik's cube that are the Bucks. Um, because, you know, all trains to where you want to go have to probably go through Milwaukee. So you got to figure out, you know, how you throw the appropriate bodies or put the appropriate plan in place to slow Giannis down. You're not going to stop him, but you can slow him. Um, and that'll be up to Brad and, and, you know, his staff to figure out, you know, how they, how they position the players, how they, how they work their matchups and how they work their subs to, to give them the best opportunity if they if the goal is to get as far as this team is possible to getting, I do believe that they can get in front of the bucks, but my question is, can they get by the bucks? And from what I've seen this over this last, I don't know, two week poll here since the break has been, you know, yeah, they can do it. it it's just going to be a different way than what we're used to. They're going to have to throw, everybody's going to have to have themselves a game when it's time for them to have a, a game or a moment, you know, so that goes all the way, down the starting five to Gordon Hayward. And, you know, you're going to need, when you're going to need offense from him, he can't go, you know, six for 16 from the field or, you know, four for 16 from the field. He's got to, he's got to get you a better percentage in the field. He's got to put up the 20 plus night when you need it. Um, and you're going to have to get it multiple nights from him throughout the playoffs. And and I think that's the key. If you're, if you're looking to progress that far, you've got to get consistency out of all five when you need it. So and I'm going to actually uh, disagree a little bit because I think the major thing that was missing last year in that embarrassing loss to the Bucks was disbelief in the, the team didn't believe in itself, right? Uh, we've heard multiple guys say there was no togetherness. We just were fractured. So I think once things kind of got rolling, it rolled terribly. While the Bucks obviously believe in themselves, believe in what they do, They're, they, you know, they, there's, there's, the chemistry is great. They rally around their guy, Giannis. I think this year, the way things are building for the Celtics, sure, there's no Giannis on the team. 
But I do think that just because they actually seem to believe in each other and love and like playing together, that all that automatically boosts things to a, a more level playing field. I think the Bucks are still. It would take. You're right. It would take absolute everything breaking just right. The margin for error for the Celtics would be razor thin. But uh, you remember a couple years ago where Boston, where it was ridiculous how many comebacks they had. They'd get down 10 or 15, and then they'd have these great third or fourth quarters, and they would come back to games because they believed in each other. They're right around Isaiah Thomas. And chemistry is right. an undefinable, fickle thing that I, I do believe that, you know, in the, in the, best form of, the best form of itself, this Celtics team will be more than some of its parts. You know, and it's, uh, it, 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 it still takes a lot of luck, takes a lot of, you know, things to break your way. To, to get far in the playoffs, though. But I do believe that just as constructed, if healthy, this team, I, I, they need one more guy off the bench because the bench is horrible. Even with Marcus Smart coming off the bench, but Marcus Smart plays starter minutes anyway. So I think they need one more perimeter guy off the bench. You can do something. I'm not sure what. And uh, No, and I hear you. It, 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 it's, it's, it's a it's a tough match. I mean, they got two more regular season head to heads this year coming up. Um, they've they've split the the first two. It'll be interesting to see how how it plays out for the the final two this year. I mean, you got one coming up middle of March, and then you got one coming up beginning of April. Um, as we know, the 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 game that they had in October was the game before uh, Halloween, if I remember correctly. Celtics win one sixteen one hundred five, but then they saw them again in the middle of January. And although that game was near the end there, it was, there was a clear separation. I mean, the, the bucks just kind of owned that, that game in January. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what we get out of them in March. And then again, in April, uh, I, I just, I just think that you have to approach the bucks with the, with the mentality of slowing Giannis down and plugging your other leaks in the starting five for the bucks while getting contributions from each of your starting five for the Celtics and your bench, you need a full team effort to get past the Bucks. I just think I don't. I don't think you can't. I just think that you need you need things to break your way um, a little bit more than you typically would. Because I think that they, when you look at overall matchups, player versus player, right down the roster, you got to give the slight edge to the Bucks just because they have Giannis. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what the Celtics put up if they get that far. To your point, you know, I'm talking way way down the line. But I do believe that the way the team's playing now is a, an indicator of the team's capability. So it doesn't matter what month of the year it is, whatever I'm seeing now, I know can be transformed into the playoffs. So when I see that, when I see that kind of output, like we saw tonight, like we'll see when Kemba does come back, hopefully against the Rockets here um, in a couple of days, it, it's, it's kind of inspiring. You know, you kind of hope that, that they can put it all together and you get a, a great performance out of them and, and they just continue to build off of this. I would love to see them just everyone healthy for about a month. Cause that's what we yeah, have to be nice. That. Wouldn't it? And <laughs> and I think that was a big thing about some of that scuffling and inconsistency that, you know, every, every three or four games, you know, the roster with the starters would have to change because it's, you know, twisted ankle and, and camera's knee and, you know, the camera being, uh, being sabotaged by Nick nurse, you know, that kind of thing. So, right. Um, <laughs> what a, what a, you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, it, it'd be nice to see them actually have a, a healthy top eight guys for a, a good solid month and to see what the team really can do. That's what we haven't seen, but we've seen that at their best, they can blow the Lakers out by, you know, 32 points. So. Nope. I agree. So folks, we're, uh, we're winding down tonight. I don't, I don't care. It's not, if we go a little early, I think Bobby will still be all right with us. Um, <laughs> I mean, the fact is for you, it's like, for you, it's one, what, almost two in the morning. Yeah, it is almost, almost one two in the morning. morning. Is it almost two? Yeah, it's one forty-five yeah, or so. Oh yeah, and you sounded pretty. Yeah, you did. You did a good job, man. You held it up. You held up. Thanks, really well. brother. You so did you. Up. I love doing them when we get an opportunity to do them together. Um, they're always good. So for anybody listening, I'm gonna I'm gonna let Snotty do his outro uh, right after this. But I just want to let everyone know if you're just tuning in, CLNS Media Celtics Post Game Live is a broadcast and a podcast. So if you didn't hear us live, you can always download it um, on iTunes within hours of us kill, killing the show. Uh, Celtics win tonight, one fourteen one oh three over the Jazz in Utah. Uh, 
Big score tonight, big game tonight. Jason Tatum, 33 points, 11 rebounds. Nice double-double tonight, building off of consecutive games or three consecutive games in a row now of just throwing it down, um, soaring to different levels. It's going to be a national story. If you're watching ESPN in the morning, I'm sure Jason Tatum will be dominating the NBA highlights. Um, Great game tonight. A couple of plays that just even didn't even get mentioned on the broadcast. Just excellent heady plays by Tatum. Thought Brown had great contributions. Smart was great. Uh, Tice had himself a game. And again, Hayward threw in a quiet 12 throughout the game. was a little ice cold from the field, but he can bounce back and, and probably do something here in the, the future. You get the uh, Houston Rockets coming in next, and that'll be a nice home game here in Boston for Snotty McDrippin. I'm Joe Choquette. I'll let Snotty tell you his outro, but again, if you get an opportunity, you don't want a sports podcast, check out the one that I do on a regular basis. It's called Brain Droppings Podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Pandora. Tune in, radio.com, iHeartRadio, wherever you digest podcasts. Snotty, what do you got, man? I'm going to check out your podcast, first of all. Second of all, just follow me on Twitter at Snotty Drippin', which is an homage to Scotty Pippen. You did ask me a question. Last I'll do the wrap up. Um, I hate to say it, but the Rockets, they just, they're just, right now they're rolling and Russell Westbrook and Harden are unstoppable, so they probably get that one. But there's a good chance that's another three and one streak uh, coming up in the coming week, right? Brooklyn should dust off Brooklyn, dust off Cleveland, and another hard fought battle with Utah, so uh, I can see that. But uh, yeah, to all the listeners, it's, hey, I'll say this after last season, enjoy the ride. Boston's awesome, Boston's fun. Um, and tonight, all all the Boston point guards t- took turns bullying Mike Conley, which was kind of sad to watch, but also hilarious. It was kind of fun. Snotty, I'm gonna I'm gonna send us out on the same music I sent us in a little Kendrick Lamar with "Humble." Let's go. Nobody pray for me. It's been a day for me. Yeah, yeah.